name is Rango Lee. That's the awesome Mylin fam. And welcome to the Blessed Boulder Show. Today we got a very, very special guest appearance in the house. I said he's a godfather of Seattle real estate, major real estate developer, killing in the in the TikTok game, Instagram game, uh, superstar, coach, and my big brother, Thatch Nguyen. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? What's going on, brother? What up, baby, what up? Thanks for being a uh, guest to our show today. Come on, man. You know we got to represent the Vietnamese posse, man. That's you know, right. that's how we do it. That, that Vietnamese blood, man. It, it. it flows strong in this room right now. That's it. <laughs> Very nice. So I remember the first time I ever heard about you, 15 years ago, right? I was getting into the real estate game, young buck, green, still wet behind the ears. Down on Weller Street. <laughs> yeah, down on Weller Street, on, right? That's know. right. Oh, you know about Weller, Weller Street. Street. The, home, the home of the first office. Yeah. And uh, I was hearing about this dude named Thatch. They're like, everyone's like, hey, you know Thatch, man? You know Thatch? I was like, nah, I don't know who Thatch is. They're like, this dude, he got he got like a Rolls Royce. He rolls around <laughs> Chinatown in a Rolls Royce. I'm like, damn, I want to meet this guy. Who's this guy, right? <laughs> you know, they're like, dude, he's killing the real escape game. You got to meet him, man. And then uh, and then I, 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 I don't know. I, we met like some networking event. I was like, yep. dude, what's up, yep. you know? And the rest is history. Now That's we've it. been riding for 15 years. That's it, baby. That's how we do it. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the journey, man. Yeah. I appreciate the journey. So how you doing lately with everything, man? You've been traveling, getting out there with the family, or you've been laying low? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, kids just got back to school, but before the kids went back to school recently, you know, they were online. And so uh, last November, December, I just pretty much packed up, took my camp family down to Newport Beach. That's like my second place I like to live. I stay down there all November, all December, just hanging out, you know, working down there, kid doing school, and then uh, basically, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, hooking up with a lot of the Southern California uh, uh, Vietnamese posse down there. Yeah. And uh, we were doing a lot of events, car show events, you know, community events, and uh, just doing some business, man, down there. So uh, since January, I've been back, man, I've just been focused on just uh, trying to kick off 2021 strong this year, and uh, this year, man, it's probably my best year ever, dude, for everything Ooh. I'm doing. Yeah. When you say community events, actually, I would like to know some of the community things that you're involved with. Yeah, like when we were down there, you know, hooked up with uh, Andy Wynn, you know, down there, or with Rodeo 39, mm. right, and Eric and Chris and all those guys, and uh, they were hosting car shows mm. down there to try to bring more people back to the Rodeo 39. Mm. So we was hosting car show on the weekend with those guys, and I have a lot of followers down still in Cal, so there was a networking slash car show all within one, but that was fun, and, um, and uh just yeah, just doing meetup groups down there with uh, a lot of people down there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You seem like a Cali guy. You're from Seattle, and I don't know what a Seattle guy would be like. I guess <laughs> I like I'm Cali more of a guy. Seattle guy. <laughs> yeah. But that's he seemed like a Cali guy. Well, you know? I'm both, man. I'm you know, both. What makes him look like a place like... where like there's a lot of movers and shakers. Uh -huh. It's sunny. You know, you got a nice little tan. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah, about the tan. You know. Where did you get the tan from? Yeah. You know, I love cars, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah. to ship my car down there, you know, so I can ride down it for two months. Yeah, you do love your yeah. cars, man. Yes. That's good. You work damn hard, though. You deserve all the, all the cars, man. That's what I tell my kids, yeah. man. Don't even let nobody tell you, you know what I mean? You don't have to deserve nice stuff. You put in the work, you deserve to have whatever you want to have. Right. True, very, very true. For the longest time, I was pretty chill with cars. Like, I had, like, a camera hybrid. That was my real estate car, and... I just never was like, yeah, cars are cool, but it wasn't my thing until I got a nice car. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, now like, I got a like pretty nice, you know, car, and I'm like, damn, where where has nice cars been my whole life? <laughs> well, you know what it is, man. I tell you, because we've been brought up, man. You know, especially the Asian culture. Don't, you know, don't be too flashy. 
you know, keep it low key. It's not all thing. You know, we don't want nobody robbing us. You know what I mean? That's kind of stuff that Asian folks tell us. You know, we're growing up. You know, right, eat right, everything right. on your plate. You know what I mean? Otherwise, God's yep. going to punish you kind of thing, right? Yep. But, uh, uh, but I tell uh, a lot of my Asian folks, man, is that I think that's great that our, gen- our mother and dad generation tell us that. But I think if you want a nice car, if you're going to work hard and you feel worthy on having it, you should, you should get it. Enjoy it. Because, Enjoy it. Uh, 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 you know, what we're here for is to really for the experience. Right. And what's the point of actually being here, working hard, and then don't allow yourself to experience the thing that you work hard for anyway, and then trying to please your mom and dad. Right, right. Right. I think we please them by working hard. Yeah. But, you know, but I think if you want the, you know, the cars and the nice stuff, I think it's okay to have it. Uh, especially if you're going to be here for a while, you should enjoy the journey. That's right, man. You know, and it's like, I, I love, um, money's so important, right? It's not yeah. everything. It's not don't everything. define us, but it, but money, damn, give you some good options, though. It if does, you want baby. the options, right? I always say it, man. <laughs> money is just, uh, basically, it's freedom, option, and choice. Right, right. That's a lot it. more options, a lot more choices. That's it. That's it. I love that. Yeah. You I know what? What you said in there was very important because you did talk about your parents, yeah. and that's um, something that we really want to talk about. Yeah. Especially got, the Asian culture, man. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's get into the journey of how that yes. got here from yes. Vietnam. Ooh, that, that. I just got goosebumps. Goosebumps. Yeah. Because yeah. some yeah. exciting stuff's about to happen. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's 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 get into it. Yeah. So so that tell us your story. I mean. Uh, what is the story, the beginnings, the roots? I mean, how did you get here? Where did you come from? Where do you live? Right. I mean, well, all that good stuff. My my dad, um, obviously back in the day, he used to live in um, Da Nang. Da Nang, okay. Ooh, right? I love that okay. place. And then my mom okay. used to live down Ban Chia. And so they met, you know what I mean? And then my dad ended up moving down to Ban Chia where my grandma lived. And then they hooked up, and then um, is that is south? Yeah, that's down, yeah, but yeah, down south, South, south. Saigon. Okay, that's okay. where um, uh, Yung Tao is, where oh, the okay, beach okay, is. Okay, okay. Oh, right. you're on the you're on the beach side. Yeah, yeah. All right, nice, nice, nice. And um, and so um, then you know my my mom and dad, you know, they had you know um, uh, six kids, but in 1975, uh, I was born in 1970, but in 1975, right before we evacuated, my mom was pregnant with my sister, so mm. that, that was the sixth kid, but. My dad, my dad worked for the U.S. Uh, Army, and uh, he was a translator. Translator for the Army. Of the Army, wow. when they was in Vietnam. So, so um, the the boss told my dad that he just found out that the uh, communists is actually taking over South Vietnam now. Mm. And so, we're going to pull out, and we're going to leave. Mm. We're going to be out here in like 48 hours. So, wow. And so, they told my dad, look, head up to Saigon Airport, and so we can, uh, you can come with us. So, we're down in Chia. Right? And Minh Chia is literally like, you know, now you can drive an hour, 15 minutes back to Saigon. Mm. Back then, they didn't have no bridges, oh. right? They had bridges. So you had to drive through the country to oh, basically. It's like so it's like, a, yeah, it's like a four-hour ordeal kind of thing. <laughs> so um, so when my dad got the call saying, hey, you know, we're pulling out. You should come with us. Because otherwise, you know, you've been to me work for the U.S. Army. You're probably going to get captured and yep. you probably won't make it out alive. Right. How old were you? I, I was five years old. Wow. Yeah. And the war and ended in 1975, so yeah, right, right there, right when there, everything's crumbling. Yeah, my mom was, we, it was. It was lunchtime. My mom told me the story. It was lunchtime. We was she was cooking uh, uh, egg roll. My dad called home and said, "Hey, I'm gonna come get you guys. Pack up what we got, and we're gonna come get you guys. We're leaving Vietnam." Man, so I want you to think of my mom was 29 years old. 29. And my dad is 34. So imagine right now, 24, 29 years old, and you're about to like what? Leave. Leave. Gone. Oh. Like we're out. Gone. And leave everything. Everything. Okay. Wow. So my dad came home. And my mom just packed up the uh, the egg roll 
packed all the kids up. We had one suitcase. We had a hundred bucks, and we got into this jeep. We drove up and on our way up to Saigon. We went to pick up my grandmas and my cousins and everything. Right? Nobody was home. Oh. See, and that's destiny. And I always speak about destiny, right? That if you're at the right time, the right place, it's meant to be. Right. You gotta embrace it, right? And my my aunt, all the guy was not there. You know what I mean? And when we had to pick him up, so it wasn't destiny. It was our destiny to leave. It wasn't their destiny to leave yet. Where, where were they? They were out and about. Oh, they, just, everything was just normal. Nobody knew that the, 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 the community was taking over. Oh, because you got that inside tip. That's so, right. Like, inside so everybody tip, was chilling right? They're about to come, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're pulling out. Yeah. So we had to leave, right? Oh, we had to leave. And on our way to the airport, my, we blew two tires. My dad had to get out twice to fix the, the car, jack up, put the spare tire on. By the time we got to the airport in Saigon, it was late at night, and we missed the last plane. Wow. Right? Wow. And so uh, we called the boss. Finally, we got a hold of him. He said, look, we got one more plane for the boss and a bunch of high-ranking high, 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 uh, uh, guys. He said, look, go and stay at a hotel tomorrow morning. Make sure you're at the airport at 8 in the morning, and then you guys can fly out with us. So my dad ran to this hotel. He slept in the Jeep. Cause he wanted nobody to steal the car, mm, right? And smart. all of us bunked in the hotel. And then the first thing in the morning, man, my mom and dad got everybody ready. I mean, it's gotta be crazy when you think about, you know, even you got four, you got five kids, you got right. six kids, I mean, yeah. five kids and you're pregnant. Oh yeah. And you about to evacuate, you know what I mean? And you know it, they're coming, right? Leave everything Every you know. I see everything the video, the tanks coming known. in, right? Right. You leave everything you know. You don't speak no English. You don't know anything. And you left all your your mom, your dad, you know, oh, my yeah. you know, cousin, aunt. So we got to this, um, we had the truck, we got to this uh, gas station, there was this big U-Haul truck for a few other people. We got into the U-Haul truck and we shut the door and we drive through town and then you get to the airport and uh, they brought up the door and all of a sudden we're inside uh, uh, the airport mm. behind the gate. Mm. And then um, the boss says, you know, get on the plane, you know what I mean? Check everybody in and, um, and that was it, man. We basically, it was on the last plane. We flew out on the last plane mm. and then we landed in, um, in Guam to get a bunch of stuff happen. And then we, from there, we flew into San Diego and mm. we stay at Camp Pennington. They use oh, Camp, Camp Pennington, Pennington. Uh, uh, at the uh, refugee base. So, so when you said plane, it's, you're it was talking a about C-140 cargo plane. Oh, a cargo plane. So I was thinking that like, cargo like, plane right there, basically <laughs> you flew into Guam oh. and when you got to Guam, they switched it into commercial airline so you snuck and then Okay. And then uh, they, what you call it, but then we flew with the U.S. military. Yeah, yeah. We came out of the military cargo oh, plane. Okay. Mm. Then we Understood. got to Guam, and then they went into a 747. Right. And then from there, all the refugees flew into San Diego wow. out of that plane. With $100 in a suitcase. Think about that, you guys, yeah. okay? Can't you were five. Five. Like, how do you remember this so vividly, and how I did remember you feel? bits and bits of it, but my mama told us the whole entire story from <sighs> beginning to end. I mean, yeah. think about that story at dinner time, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it brings yeah. tears to my eyes, man. Yeah. And that, that, that brings back to, like, how amazing Vietnamese moms and dads are, you know? Like, that, that yeah. that's, like, my mom went through the same thing yeah. alone. Yeah. And, you know, I was just, like, I'm, you know, I'm getting tingles that I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, me too. You know, and that's why, like... You know, we're here now. We, we got to be so grateful, you know, for yeah. everything. You got to be grateful for all man. the sacrifices. And you know, this is where I keep saying to all the Asian folks, right? This is where you got to live up to your potential. Mm. You can't be a fucking puss. You got to live up to your potential and you got to go play big because why? It's time to actually retire your mom and dad. Mm. Yeah. You see mm. what I'm saying? It's time for them to go out there and go do what they love to do. But they can't because the kids is playing like a wuss. Mm. They got to step their game up and go after their goals and dream and do it. 
like what you guys are doing. And that way, now you can really have your parents say, my kid's living to the full potential, and they retired me. Right. And that's what, for me, what inspired me. Because I told my mom and dad, when I got into real estate, I said, you don't have to work no more. Because I'm making you a promise right now, you're done. When I get this thing going, you're done. And so they wow. never had to work since I got into real estate. You're probably the favorite son, huh? You probably <laughs> I can tell. I'm probably the, the favorite son as the person they can rely on oh, when, like, you, you know, when they need some money. Like, you know, I said, my mom always called me. He's like, I don't like asking for money, but, you know, grandma and cousins, they need some money. Can you hook them up? I'm like, I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, you got a big heart. I, I know I know you for a long time. So, so when you was in Camp Pendleton in yeah. San Diego, how was that? Man, I got pictures of that, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got a lot of pictures of that stuff. But, we'll we'll um, post some pictures up. Yeah, we'll post some yeah, pictures up. I'd yeah. love to see yeah. them. Um, we was there, and uh, my mom told the story. When we was there. We had one set of clothes, man. Right? One set of clothes. It was cold. You know mm. what she says? And, um, you know, we stayed in barracks. Oh, yeah. This army barracks. Like, army barracks. Yeah. And yeah, every yeah. time you want to go food, you got into the mess hall. Right? Everybody. And we only stayed there for maybe about a month. Okay. And then Governor Evans wanted to help the refugee by migrating up to Seattle. And mm. he was the big person that came. And I, I remember one time I was speaking at Rotary, and Governor Evan came up to me, and he's like, man, I want to let you know that. You're speaking at what? At Rotary. Rotary oh, at a Rotary Ro- Club. Rotary Club in downtown Seattle, the biggest one. Oh, okay. Right? And Governor Evan came up to me and said, you know, what, what the whole story was. But he was responsible helping migrate about 500 families up to Washington State. Wow. And my dad chose to go because uh, he heard about Washington State. Oh. And so when we landed, we were the first family that actually landed in Camp Murray. Okay. And the PBS show at the time was there, and they wanted to do a whole story on my mom and dad and the whole family. What? But my wow. dad, my dad didn't want to do the story because he oh. was low key. Oh. Okay. And his fam, his friend that was also on that same plan, they they on. That's why you ever watch the PBS. If there was another Vietnamese family that they actually interviewed them. Oh. So my yeah. mom and dad said that's that's your dad's friend. We didn't want to be interviewed because they asked us to do it. And so my, that's- yeah. So that that's how you bro. got to, up to Seattle then. That's how we got to Seattle. Wow. Yeah. Right? Everyone has a cool it's story a about it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, I mean, yeah. every time I go to California, I'm thinking, man, was I destined to stay down here? But I was destined to be in Seattle. Yep, yep. You see? And, and that's why I roll with it. Yep. Wow. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's crazy, right? That is crazy. So we lived in Camp Penn. We lived in Camp Murray for about a month, mm-hmm. almost two months. And there was a guy named Charles Zettler. He was a volunteer. Mm-hmm. And he uh, decided to sponsor our family to live with his mom. In oh. Sumner, Washington. Oh, Sumner. Which is, you know, 45 minutes from here. Yeah. Was he a Christian organization or just yeah. a nice guy? Nice guy. You well, know what I mean? Were they Christian organization, though? That, no. He was just an individual. Just a nice guy. Yeah, nice guy. He decided just like, to pick up family. Caucasian White guy. White guy. Yeah. Man, the, the That's sp- what I'm saying. And again, what I learned from that experience was contribution. Yeah. Right? People looking out for people for no agenda. Yeah. And so that's why today, one of my biggest uh, law I live by is the law of contribution, right? Right, right. Is to basically go out there and help people out there with no agenda. Right. And that's how I live my life, my philosophy, how I do business, everything. And that's part of the whole thing. And so they sponsor our family. That's what got us going. And, and did they did they have kids of their own? No, they had oh, no kids. So Charles and his mom, Charles was like in his 50. His mom was in his uh, 70s, something mm-hmm. like that. And we lived there, and my dad got a job as a social worker mm. on, on Rainier McClellan. Oh, because he was an interpreter, so he speaks English yeah. already. That's right. So that helped out That's a lot, right. I'm sure. And so he decided to be a social worker, and so he had a car. So Charles' mom and, and Charles used to drive my dad 45 minutes into work, drop him off, go back home, and then at 5 o'clock, she'd drive back out to Rainier Valley, pick him up, and drive back wow. home. Selfless. That is selfless serving, selfless baby. Love. That's selfless serving. And that's why more people need to live like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. How did so when you guys landed? How did the family feel? I mean, like when you landed here, you don't know anything. Left with a hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, how did your family feel? My mom said it was. My mom said it was uh, scary, yeah. lonely, yeah. because you didn't speak no English. Other than my dad, right? Right. And my mom had a baby. My mom was pregnant, yeah. and then she had five kids. Right. So you think crazy. about that craziness, and you're living so in the crazy. bunk uh, in the military bunk barrack. Right. You see. Um, so and it's cold in Washington at the time, and so uh, we didn't have any clothes other than the clothes you brought on. Mm-hmm. And um, man, that was the beginning, dude. It was crazy. You know that's why today I have I tell a lot of kids when I speak to them, you gotta stop disrespecting your mama and your daddy, man. Mm-hmm. You don't even know how yeah. much they did for you guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. some of the young people come up like, man, my mom and dad be telling me what to do, blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm like, shit. They went for them. You wouldn't even have what you have. <laughs> right. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I tell you, you gotta dis- you gotta be start respecting them, right? And then really. Second way, go do what you gotta do and pay back for what they did for you. And I and I think you know a lot of a lot of kids these days or people our age forget about that they stuff, do. right? So uh, we're, we hope that these stories right here will bring that shine that light to right. to uh, you know respect, right. sacrifice, yeah. sacrifice, and and. and and reaching back and, you know, pulling people up, yeah. you know, yeah. when, when you and, get somewhere, right? And, you know, I did tell my mom yesterday because she was like, why are you always out every Friday, you know, and not going help me at the right. restaurant, right. right? And I was like, mom, okay, let me tell you this. I know you don't want to talk about it. I know it was hard, but there's a lot of people who, who want to share their story. And we all want to share the story because it shouldn't be forgotten and it should be appreciated, even though you don't want us to say we appreciate it, but we appreciate it everything and all the sacrifices that right. you've given us right. um i'm so thankful that my mom is still here and yeah. so i'm able to like as a mom now becoming a mom right. i'm able to like contribute and yeah. be able to help her and be able to tell her hey, mom you know i'm I old now i love you i'm old yeah. now i can really make your life better yeah. just mm-hmm. allow me to do so because right. he's taking care of me for so long right. mm-hmm. so anyways we had that conversation yesterday mm. and and she's like yeah, we did sacrifice a lot, you know, but they forgot about it, you know, yeah. um, because they just go roll with it. Yeah, they're so and busy taking care of the uh, yeah. of the kids, they just forget about it. Yep, right. Make, busy making a living. And this is why life. I yeah. say, is that's why we have to begin living to our full potential. Yeah. Because when you live your full potential, you don't realize you actually are making your parents proud. Yeah. Mm. Which being versus being a sandbagger, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when you do that. Right, then it's easy now to give back because now, like my mom and dad, right? When I ask them to do certain things, they do it now. You know what I mean? Because they like, <laughs> you know what I mean? My kids, they got it. When my dad was on the bed at home dying from cancer, oh, wow. okay. I tell you how crazy this is. He was he we you know he had cancer and you know we were fighting it fighting it for like over a month and a half, and then. The day that the hospital says your dad got a lot of water in his lung, he's got oh, he's no. probably gonna pass tonight. Mm. So all my brother and sister, everybody was at the house, mm. and I remember he was laying in, inside his bedroom, and he was basically you you know he's still alive because his eye is still moving. Yeah. Mm. But he was basically pretty much you know, you know, one dead. foot out, one yeah. foot yeah. out the door. One foot in but his. what's crazy? This is how crazy our parents is. They wasn't going to leave until they know that you're okay. That you're gonna be okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's how I feel. Right. That that's mm-hmm. probably how you feel. Right. Same thing. I told my son, and I was like, "This is just a week ago, honey," because he has a he's feeling like you know, Mama don't love him. She's been so busy. Right. And I was like, "Honey, 
we love you right. so much you mm -hmm. don't even know you know and we you know like right. you said i cannot close my eyes until right. i know my kid is okay i told my dad because i can tell he's like fighting to stay alive mm -hmm. yeah now all my brother and sister all got there now right and i told my dad look i know you're tired and I know that you gotta go. I want you to know, yeah. I got you covered. You ain't got to worry about who gonna take care of mom. Yeah. I got it. You ain't gotta worry about who gonna take all care of all the kids. Yeah. I got it. You just gotta go and you gotta go. Yeah. I got you, dad. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, Hatch. And 30 seconds later, he passed away. Mm. He didn't need it to hear someone say, who's going to take care of your mama and your brother and sister? Yeah. But that's the reason why I keep saying to all the young kids, step up. Go live your full potential. Yeah. Because they didn't know that you got to cover when they leave. Because right. they will leave. Yeah. They just need to know you're good before they leave. And what was your dad's name? Young. Young? Yep. Back young? Yeah. You're standing on the shoulder of a giant, man. Yeah. We all are. But it's definitely you too, bro. Back young, you know, smiling down in you heaven too. for sure. And your mom too. I mean, I My know Ringo. Too. I haven't I... been able to ask you all this because I know it's a super sensitive subject. Right. Um, and I know you're going through a lot. And so, I mean, you guys probably can relate. But, um, you know, your mom, after you told me your story and right. knowing that your mom has passed recently, you know, yeah. it's yeah. just... It's part of the journey for all of us. Yeah. Part of the journey. Right. One, one day we're going to go. We're going to go. We're, yeah, we're going to go. And, you know, we, we want to look back and be like, we laid it out all, all right. out on the field. You know, we did our best and our, our kids are good. Though. But the most they, important in thing the day, is the kids are good. We just got to make sure we teach our kids so they can keep the generation going. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That to me is called another form of generational wealth. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. That's what we got to make sure we do. We got to teach those kids and the right thing. That's why you see me always teaching my kids everything, how the way to think, their mindset, mm -hmm. how to invest mm -hmm. their money, how to save their money, how to be patient, how to have, you know what I mean? Gratitude. I got to teach my kid because I know I told my Russell Hudson, when I leave, I'm not leaving you any money. Mm, that's yeah. good. Don't, don't. Okay. Don't I'm it. not leaving you any money. I want you to learn how to go fishing and learn how to make your own fish. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. Right. And yeah. if you, if I know you know how to do it, when I pass away, I done my job. Right. And so yeah. those guys, I got to teach them early. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, especially Asian, Vietnamese, minority yeah. kids, right? Like yeah. our parents didn't teach us any of this stuff. Right. We had to learn this by failing, failing, that's failing. Right. Now I'm in my forties. I didn't learn this stuff until like five, six years ago about finances yeah. and money and right. investing and stocks because our parents didn't know. That's right. Right. But the, you know, the, the people that had wealth before, the, you know, the, yeah. a lot of the other families that have been in America a long right. time, you know, their kids grew up on this stuff. Mm -hmm. Some of them. Right. And then right. You, you wonder, like, how's that dude's trust fund so big? How's right. he so balling yeah. at, yeah. you know, because, you know, they had some right. some help. Yeah. Now, this with this this uh, episode here, this is. That our help to you know people listening right. and watching, right. you know, how to do it, how to how to really make money, which we're gonna get into, yeah. you know, right? Building <laughs> yeah. wealth, real estate, and that yeah. kind of stuff. So before we get ahead of ourselves, um, Seattle. So then you grew up in the the rough streets of South Seattle, Come huh? on, man. Yeah. I live thirty three one nine South Orchestra Street, baby. South Orchestra. Oh. Come on, man. Right, we right know there. Orcus 
Orcas right? is hood. Right? Orcas. That was the Asian hood. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? But uh, but 3319, that was my first house. 3319. And how old were you when you moved there? Like uh, seven years old. Seven? Yeah. And how was it growing up in the hood? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, the thing is, I, I, I know what it is to feel like, man, to be uh, racially profiled when I was coming up. Because, you mm. know, I mean, we were one of the first batch in the, in the U.S., right? And I remember staying there. I remember going to this... Um, this little 7-Eleven. Remember 8 p.m. on the corner of Orchid Street and, uh, yeah. and MLK? Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And there was a tavern right there. But anyways, I remember going in there and, uh, you know, and um, I was Asian. And, and I went in there and they looked at me like, you know, like, like is this kid going to shoplift? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> right? I remember, you know what I mean? Uh, um, the lady behind the counter was like trying to, trying to like rudely like, if you're going to sneeze, make sure you cover your mouth. You know, I am still remember oh that day. Gosh. Straight up, dude. Right, and I remember the, uh, at school they used to pick on our haircuts because you know Asian folks. We the, just put the a, bow haircut. All you gotta do put a bow on a full bow, and it just you know what I mean. All the haircut, right? And that, and then of course you know we didn't have any money, so we used to always get our, our clothes from Value Village. Oh man. Okay, so we had clothes from Value Village, and we used to always get food from the food bank, right? And oh, so, so you guys were on food stamps still and welfare everything, and all that bro. stuff. Everything, bro. Man, I remember the big, big ass block of cheese. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, the government right? cheese. Big, thick one. You need like a, you know, like a, like a, a chainsaw ch- to chuck you know, to cut through them. You know what I mean? And it always had a little mole on the always, back too. In right? the back had a little peach of yeah. green mole on the back. So. And uh, so yeah, so uh, so I grew up, you know, getting teased with haircut. You know, the way I looked, what I wear, right? And then you know, unconsciously, man, you start to to try to fit in. Right. And we do things trying to fit in, and it, and it backfire even more. Yeah. Versus being ourselves, but okay, nobody taught us anything different right. back then. So, what middle school did you go to? I went to first. Uh, I went to uh, Dearborn Park Elementary. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got shipped around. I don't know how I got shipped around so much. And then <laughs> I went to Ace and Mercer for a year. Mercer. Ace and Mercer, and then I went to Lafayette in West Seattle for a year. And then my freshman year, I went to West Seattle High School. And then the last three year. Sophomore, junior, and senior, I went to Franklin High School. Oh. Wow. So it's still so in that area. Yeah. It's still in that area. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And did you, did you ever get into, like, gangs and drugs or anything like uh, that? I really never got into gangs, but, of course, you know, in my first, you know, freshman, sophomore, I was, you know, I was a good student. And then I started hanging out with a lot of my other friends who was always drinking old English 40-ouncer, you oh, know what man. I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, skipping fifth, grade, fifth, fifth period, going down to the lake. You know, and you know, stipping up the forty ounce. You know what I mean? I, I didn't even like forty ounce. I was just drinking, just trying to keep 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 be part of something, be, right? Be part of the circle, still, right. right? And uh, but that you know, and then that dropped my grade down. You know what oh, I mean? Man. To like two point eight GPA. You know, uh, in my senior year, and uh, I remember when somebody said to me, "With those grades, you ain't never gonna be able to do nothing." Mm. Oh dear. And and, uh, and but uh, you know, it was a good thing because I realized. Great is important, right. but the hustle is more important. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, that's, that's street hustle smart. Yeah. Yeah, that's street smart. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it book is. Book smart is very important. But book that's smart. Yeah. Street smart. But you can have a book smart person, but they ain't got no hustle in them. They ain't got yeah. no action. They ain't, they ain't going to do nothing anyways. Yeah. And when you say hustle, hard work is a big part of that. It is. That's and what so I mean. when people say hustle, hustle it's hard it's work. It's consistency, persistent, mm-hmm. taking Discipline. action day in, day out, day in, day out. That to me is hustle. Mm-hmm. I would rather take a kid that is not as smart but got the hustle mm-hmm. than a kid that's smart that got no ambition. Yep, no drive. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So so about about your childhood, what was what was a hard moment that you remember you went through or your family went through during those times? Because it wasn't easy. I'm sure it wasn't easy. No. I uh, mean, I got so many, man. <laughs> I got so many. One that just pops out. Uh, I would say... I would say the defining moment for me for, as a child, not even for the family, mm-hmm. yeah. is I remember being in band class and the kids say, you know, 
what a, what is that on your shirt? You know, that ain't no Izod shirt. Hey, and those, hey, and those, Izod. Izod. It's a brand. It's a brand. Izod. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like polo back then, right? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm and then penny loafers, right? Uh-huh. Those ain't no penny loafers, man. Those don't look like no Nordstrom penny loafer, right? Right, right. He said, Where are you buying from? And I remember proudly saying, I got it from Volume, man, Volume Shoe Store. Where do you think I got it from? <laughs> oh, I remember that name. And they were like, Man, that's where poor people go. Rich uh, people go to Nordstrom, get all their stuff. Oh. And it was in front of the whole entire band class. Oh, dear. And that was the defining moment that I didn't know because no one taught me. Right. That's why today I know this, so I can teach my kid. But I instantly made up, I'm poor and I'm nobody. Oh. Mm. Yeah. And kids do that all the time. That's yeah. why yeah. when people are shout, kids are enclosed, they got this story going on and they don't, yeah. they don't know, they, their parents can relate to it. Right. So I kept it inside me, like, I'm no good, I'm dumb, I'm not smart, I'm not rich. And then I start to do things, right, by trying to fit in drive, right, but still coming from a place trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. And and that was my, my, my story. But as I got older and I learned about personal growth, I realized that. And probably in my early 20s, when I really liked that, and then I... Shifted it, shifted and it. then I use that story to empower me now versus mm. actually disempowering me. See, that's the part where yeah. I feel like, what do you use with this? Yeah. Are you gonna use it to empower that's you, right. or what are you gonna? Are right. you gonna? Is, if it's gonna be in the reverse, right. right? And so that's where you've used something that was a negative became a positive, right. and now that's right. And the, the problem is a lot of people don't even know what happened, let alone how to even switch it. Yeah, it's that's really hard. the big thing, yeah. right? And that's why I think it's important for people to get this so they can actually help other people growing up in south seattle mm-hmm. and being a minority family what can you share with the audience that might be going through that maybe just came over from other countries you know trying to struggle trying to get ahead or maybe there's some asian families out there that have been here for a while and they're just like man i need to get to another level what tips can you give the audience about that i would say just because i meet so many young people now you know what i mean in the seattle area um, you know, unfortunately, all parents come over here, you know, English is their second language, so they're not going to be able to find a good-paying job. They're going to just go do ins and out jobs so they can actually just keep the bill and the lights on. Right. I think it's the youth that have the opportunity to step up their game. Mm. And uh, the biggest thing I want to tell the youth is this, and I know it's going to contradict everything your mom and dad says. Follow your passion. Mm. Find your goddamn passion and follow it, okay? Even though your mom and dad said, no, go be the doctor, go be the lawyer, go be the dentist person. You're going to say nicely to your mom and dad, mom, dad, I love you, but my passion is in fashion. My passion is in real estate. I'm going to follow it. Because when you follow your passion, you don't have to motivate yourself to get up in the morning. You inspire to jump out of bed and go do the work. And it don't feel like work when you're following your passion. But I tell you, if you do things to please your parents, you're going to struggle and you'll be unhappy yeah. on your journey. Woo! Let's get a hand to that one. I love that. <laughs> I think we can stop it there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but so, that so, was a good one. So why did that's you a really fact, good. though. That's, no, that's a real. Fact. That's a fact. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't, did he finish college? I went to two-year community college, uh-huh. and I realized my passion is in sales, and I followed it. Mm. Because the question everybody asks me right now is, do you think going to college is necessary to be successful? Mm-hmm. What are you telling your kids? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, on Instagram and TikTok, all the kids want, want somebody to say, you don't need to go to college. Everyone wants that, of right? course. <laughs> but when you got kids, you got to be smart. Right. Right? 
I tell my kids, you learn how to invest in real estate now. You're gonna, mm -hmm. you make, you're gonna make more money before you even get into college mm -hmm. than going to college. But I want you to get good grades. Mm -hmm. Good like foundation. you're gonna get, yeah, I want you to get straight A, which Western Hudson get both straight A's, right? All through high school, all through elementary school, and then go for the college. Mm -hmm. When you go to college, right? You're gonna find out what your passion is. If your passion might be in business, which mm -hmm. it probably is. Go take all the course for business. Mm -hmm. After one year, two year, three year, if the light goes on because you have some maturity and your passion kicked in and you realize, I wanna do this with business or yeah. this with real estate, and you didn't finish all four year, it's okay, go do and follow your passion. Right. But I'm not gonna tell my kid not to go to college like all the TikToker and all the Instagram people <laughs> because that's the wrong message. Right, yeah. I, there's some there's good things about college. Like, yeah, you don't so, need college to be successful. You don't. But it's a damn good foundation to have. It's yes. a good foundation. And yeah. it teaches you discipline, yeah. deadlines. Maturity. You know, responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. Right? right. And it gives you time to find, get mature and find your passion. Right. Because yeah. when you someone's starting college, 20s, 20, 19, they, 20, 21, they, they don't still have, don't know nothing. No, they don't. It doesn't allow them some time to no. figure out yeah. what they want to do with the rest but of like their life. But like you said, foundation. You got to start <clears> building that. Give, give yourself a strong foundation. Just nice. like when we're growing up, our brain processes a certain way right. and it goes through phases and stages. You wear your diapers and you learn how to crawl. Then you know how to walk. You know, it goes through all right. those steps until you really figure out who you are and what you want. And to be honest, it's probably around that time of college where right. you really know your you passion. Do. And it yeah. teaches you uh, book smart. It you is. Because when I opened my real estate firm, I, 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 I was like you. I started college for two years and I was like, oh, I'm going to work now. Right. I didn't really need college. But when I started the firm, I feel like I had the hustle down. I had the mm -hmm. street smart down. Right. But the book smart, I could have been better with bookkeeping, managing, right. uh, typing, you know, right. emailing stuff. Like just the whole. Yeah. So I, I think you need both, but definitely a street smart, that hustle yeah. is so important. It, they all support each other. Right, you right. Know? Like I, I have two kids and I, I want them both to go college if they, yeah, I definitely want them both to <laughs> yes. go college. And then they can figure out what they want exactly. to do with the rest of their life, yeah, right? Yeah, they find out they want to be a fashion designer yeah. after a year, hey, let them go because they found their passion now. Yeah. But I think going to college gives them an opportunity to actually get mature, mm -hmm. find their passion, network with great people up there, right. mm -hmm. get some business and you know get some college smartness, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the big thing is life maturity. They need some time for life maturity. That's they right. And, and there's another statistic with colleges is you know for people that are living in poverty right. there if you have a college degree you're guaranteed to get to the middle class pretty much yeah. Not, you know so you're gonna at least make 40 50 thousand a year because you got the degree it gets mm -hmm. your foot through the door a lot of jobs yeah but if you don't you know you're you're working your average job is gonna be 25 30 thousand because you don't have the degree you know it's gonna be more labor jobs or or, or something so you know having that college degree is pretty important so and, and the thing is i want to say to a lot of people that young people watching my my 15 year old kid and my 13 year old kid they definitely gonna be entrepreneur. They are mm. it's already in their blood. It's built right? like okay? you said. It's built, built in their blood the right DNA. now, right? Right. But I still want them to go pursue college and let's find out what's gonna happen when you get to college because they're already entrepreneur now. Right. And they're gonna move into college. Mm. When they have both, then they will be able to find out. But I'm giving them the foundation for both right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Because yeah. the thing is, is also, remember, don't strip yourself away from all these beautiful experiences. Right. It's you know, experience. college is experience. Yes. You want to go through all that. I mean, right. you don't want to grow up right away. Right. Right? Right. Joining a frat, joining a fraternity, right? Yeah, right? Like, I mean, that's all those experiences, stuff. when you look back, it's like, dang, man, why did I miss out on that? Now I can never go back. Well, one you know? thing that, yeah, one thing that I'm, 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 I'm dealing with, I'm sure you're dealing with it and you, you're going to be dealing with it soon is, is 
we have kids and not spoiling them, right? Because oh, we, we have, like, we have uh, Asian way... people be spoiling their kids way <laughs> too bad, I'm going to tell you, okay? We oh, have, no, my kid thinks I'm poor. Because like, we have resources. Our, we have resources our parents never had right. for yeah. us, right? So we right. grew up a certain way. But and our it kids... be money, too, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we okay? do, we do a lot for our kids. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We do things for our kids, okay? Yeah, we do. Not just money, but just doing things for them. Right, that, right. That, that crippled them. Yeah, Very true, very true. So yeah, how do you? What's the balance? Because you, you know you're really involved with your. How old are your kids? Two? Uh, 15, ninth grade and uh, seventh grade. Okay, so they're a little older. So yeah. how, as an older dad, do you balance like in empowering them and not enabling them? Because I met, yeah. I met some kids that are super wealthy from their parents, and they're they're just they're just Spoiled. turned out really bad. I yeah. mean, they can't yeah. live on their own. Yeah. And they're like 30 years old. They cannot live on their own because. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't, their parents didn't give them those skills. Yeah. So how, how do you do that? That So we give Russell Hudson certain tasks mm -hmm. and we want them to go and figure out how to do it. Mm. Right. Um, early on, um, um, Jeff Bezos says, um, I would rather have a kid that has nine finger, but they learn how to figure it out. Yeah. Than a kid that has 10 finger mm. that don't know how to figure things out. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And so basically what he's saying is you got to let your kid go through life experience yeah. Yeah. and so i want my kids to learn how to do things mm. okay and i don't give them cam is really tough on them we don't give them free money mm. they have to earn it they make money from lacy you know you know Aww. when new year's eve <laughs> when you near birthday but then they want money like right now my kids you know they all of course they all want the, the hype beast stuff right <laughs> like you know right now russ and hudson they they have a set of wash and dry machine that they bring in like fifteen hundred dollars a month Fifteen hundred dollars a month. A wow. month, every month, like ching ding 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 ding, and then mm -hmm. we're about to build another part building. They're about to get another two thousand dollars a month. Wow. Okay, so I mean, at some at that age, right? Imagine and then, that you're learning those skills at yeah, a young right? age, right? Young you're age. just naturally gonna. They, be, they, yeah. they, they have, they have, and they just, they were just in a flip deal with us. They put their own ten thousand dollars each up. I saw that wow. on Instagram. Right. They oh did. Their, they, they part of the flip, and they had to go learn how to pick colors, and you know, yeah. so they made ten thousand top of the ten thousand. They right. got like probably twenty grand for being. And they can easily go to a store. We were down there in LA. You're like looking at shoes and everything. They're like, Dad, can I get these? How much are these? $900. Hell no, dude. You can't get these. I got money. I can pay for them. But we got to put a lid on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see yeah, what yeah. I'm you saying? You can't just be letting them because go by they, anything, they have right? to do it. You see what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we have to teach them patient. Right. Oh, we have patience, to teach yep. them, you know, I mean, delay gratification. <laughs> you see right. what I mean? And so that, that's part of the whole journey, right? And so. Um, they can't spend their wash and dry money. Have to go into the bank. Mm. They can spend half of the money they get when they get birthday presents. You know what I mean? You still give them limits. Yes, and then we give them tasks so they have to accomplish it. And they know when we die, they are gonna get very, very little amount of our net worth. That's good. Yeah. So they got. They make know their it. Own I way. tell them that all the time, and yep. I said, yeah. if "You want to be rich? You better learn how to make money." Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, Woo! that's good. That's yeah, good that's stuff. a good one. Yeah, because that remind me when I was fourteen, living in the housing projects. Mm. I, uh, there was this group that came around and they're like who wants to work this summer uh -huh. and all my friends were like hell no we're gonna <laughs> play basketball we're gonna right. hang out i'm like i'll take a job right. you know, i didn't know nothing about nothing but i'll right. take a job 14 right so i was i was doing uh printing for the seattle public schools printing service i was making like three dollars an hour right uh -huh. and i got my first paycheck right and it was like eighty dollars i'm like like i never had this much money before right uh -huh. so and then i went to the mall and blew it all in like two hours right, right. Wow. i didn't know but it was at, at 14 i got that first check where i'm running, where i'm like wow money is important it can buy me stuff like it's right. so special i want to go get more now right. at a young age right. at 14 and right that's because your parents didn't give you any either no, i think that's why that drive and that right. hustle was built into you because you're like 
I have to do this myself because I'm not going to get it. That's why the parent with money, as I'm learning, we have to take up another notch of being responsible. Wow, that that that's yeah. you hit it right there. Okay. Another notch. It's, I'm telling you, you gotta take it to another notch. Yep. Because when you have money, the natural the age you wanna do it, I wanna make sure I do I provide what I wouldn't provide when I was growing up. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> right? Yeah, I hear that a lot. Let that them term. learn how to do it themselves. Right? Cammy always say, let them chop the finger off. Oh. I'm like, so God Cammy's, damn, honey. Cammy's your husband. Your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Your wife. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Cammy, hear about yeah. the wife yeah. Yeah. But you know what, though? Yeah. She said, let them burn their hand. Because once they burn, yep. they won't do it again. Uh-huh. Yep. Right? And Cammy's ruthless like that. Ooh, but like that's her. how she trained the kids. You got to let them make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Russell sometimes make mistakes like, I want to buy this. I got some money. He bought it and he find out, shit. No. I don't like this. And Cammy <laughs> says, Wasted all my money. Wasted all my money. Hard <laughs> work money, right? too. And then one time he wanted to buy this bike for summer because all his friends had bikes and he didn't have bikes. He had to walk to the park. And Cammy said, he said, Mom, it's 350 bucks. I got 150 bucks, right? Yeah. Cameron's like, well, you got to figure out how to figure the other $250. Can I borrow 250 Nope. No, you can't borrow 250 from us. You know, not from hard money lending? No, right? And <laughs> should have given a little hard and, money uh, loan. And, and you 20%. know what? That's what happened when you bought that stupid thing, right? Uh-huh. And and he learned it. Yeah. He learned how to save now. That's good. You got to oh learn gosh. how to do it. So That's that's what I'm saying. You got to take it to the next notch of yeah. being responsible. Right. I, and I, I, this show was mainly about, you know, <laughs> your your refugee story growing up, South Seattle, and then now, now getting into real estate. But... And now we're talking about kids, and it's yeah. so important because, yes. like, we wouldn't be here if our parents didn't do what they did for us. Like, yeah. now, you know, we were their children. Now we have children. Now yeah. things are coming, like, full circle of, yes. you know, how much can we love them and, and, and set them up for success? Yeah. And and uh, so it's really cool that we're talking about parenting because it's yeah. so important. Right? We all have to learn from each other. I'm learning a lot from you right now. Yeah. I mean, my kids are still young, but to get to the teens, yeah. which is a really difficult yeah. stage in their life. Yeah. Um, I'll tell yeah. you about the teens. Yeah. You have to let them make a mistake. Mm. The more you tell them what to do, the more they rebel against you. Mm. Yeah. And mm. the other way, how you get them <sighs> to roll with you is live by example. Yeah. Don't tell your kid to do something if you don't do it yourself. <laughs> That's yes. right. Okay? <laughs> so now we're... Perfect. So Thank now let's, let's, so let's talk about Thatcher's journey. Now, now you in America, you settled in. You guys got out of the... The, the suck and now you guys are in like you know better place financially yeah. what was how so you got into real estate stuff but what were you doing before you got your real estate license what were you doing well right when i graduated that? from college in 1991 as an aviation mechanic oh so okay you I, did I, graduate, I, I aviation graduate mechanic yeah. okay you I got a mechanic I, got, I do not see you oh. as an aviation mechanic i went mechanic. down underneath the airplane <laughs> with my suit and tie <laughs> turning and changing the oil for the airplane right oh okay. I, I ain't gonna lie to you i used to go to mechanic school dressed up Oh, wow. right, and all them, all the people that used to go there, like, what the fuck are they doing, <laughs> man? You in the wrong business, bro. All right, and uh, and um, and when I got done my two year degree, it was my passion. It wasn't not your passion. It was my passion, okay. right? I knew how to fix airplane. I knew how to drill rivets. I know how to change oil. I know how to change landing gear. I know how to do all that stuff, right? But it wasn't my passion. Mm. And then I was, I was, I had three jobs when I graduated, 91. I, I was working at a Thai Tung restaurant in Chinatown. Thai Tung. Mm. Oh, Thai Tung. We Tung, baby. We were just talking about Thai Tung. Hey, the oldest Chinese yeah. restaurant right. in Four Seattle Seasons. You know, it right? went down to, uh, this weekend, right? Yeah, Four Seasons went okay. down. So I worked at Thai Tung in the uh, parked car. I worked at Safeway as uh, the dairy manager. Oh, wow. the, 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 the oh, Rainy oh, Beach. Rainy Beach, oh, Safeway. Oh, okay. Right? And then I actually worked at a body shop out in Bellevue. Wow. Yeah, okay. three jobs. Three jobs, bro. So, Damn, uh, so I, yeah, so in the morning, from like seven in the morning to like maybe like uh, like three in the afternoon, I work at the body shop, and then I work at Safeway from like five to like ten o'clock at night on Monday through 
Friday, and then Saturday, I work at uh, Safeway from like 6 in the morning to like 3. Then I park car at Titan like 5 to 10 o'clock at night, Saturday and Sunday. I did that seven wow. days a week. And so this was after, after being a college. mechanic. After yes. being a me mechanic. I got my license, but I didn't want to go. Oh, so you had to go a different route. Right. right. After I got my degree, uh, I didn't want to go uh, fix airplane. You didn't have to have three jobs. What was it that made you want to <laughs> go get? You're hogging up all the jobs, right, man. Bro. <laughs> because what I realized, just like you, when I got my first check, mm. I wanted more. Yeah. But no one taught me to save money. Mm. Uh, make a dollar, spend two dollars. Make a dollar, spend two dollars. Right, 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 right. right. And, and all I had was... A whole bunch of nice cars with no money in the bank. Mm. Leaving at my mom and dad's yeah. house. Mm. Okay? Uh, and that's where I started.